This is Pastor Bob Yanyan. We're going to be talking about today the blessing of not knowing. There's just certain things in life we don't know, and we should be glad we don't know. The day of our death, the day of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're to live each day knowing we have something to fulfill. These other things are in God's hands. Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. It's great to have you here today. I'm going to be taking up a subject on the walk of faith that we must have with God. In fact, that's what the offer is today. I'm calling this the blessing of not knowing. And uh, faith doesn't mean you have to know everything. In fact, it really comes back to it. You're not God. I know that's a shock to some of you, but God is God and you're you and he knows everything and you don't. And sometimes it's a blessing not to know. That's why I'm calling this the blessing of not knowing. And uh, we'll be talking about some scripture and things coming up here, but I just want to just really talk to you just as a Christian to take a look at what God is and who you are, that really now that you're born again, you're a child of God, but it doesn't mean you are God. People often say, oh, we're God's in the flesh. Well, kind of I understand that. We're the righteousness of God, but we have a long, long way to go before we are God and uh, never will be. So the point of it is it comes back to it. We can progress, we can get better, we can increase in the things of God, and we can get smarter through the years, and we can actually be, have the mind of Christ where the Word of God becomes a part of us. We think like Jesus does, but even the thinking like Jesus does, there has to come some things where we realize God knows it. Really, in the Word of God, it's called the secret things. They belong to the Lord. Uh, this may sound like a strange title, the blessing of not knowing, because if you don't know something, the first thing you think is, well, that's not a blessing. Yes, it is. I'll be showing you why here in just a moment. There are many things the scriptures tell us that we don't know. And here's the other point, we should not know. Now, this doesn't mean that God is totally sovereign over everything. You know my teachings on if you heard me for some time. There are things that God is sovereign over, and those are described in the Word of God, okay? He's sovereign over creation. He didn't ask anybody what they thought about it. He just did it. And so God is sovereign over the new birth. What I mean by that is when you're born again and receive Jesus, where you end up in the body of Christ is totally God's will. He has placed us in the body as it has pleased him. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 18, when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that is the sovereignty of God and the sovereignty of the Holy Spirit. He divides to every man severally as he wills. So we could go on with scripture after scripture on the things that God is sovereign over. He's sovereign over end time events. The disciples asked him one day, they said to Jesus, just before he left, are you gonna restore the kingdom back to Israel? He said, it's not for you to know the times of the seasons which are in my father's hands. And so when it comes down to end times, dispensations, the working out of all things, the coming of Jesus Christ for the church and the coming of Jesus Christ to rule over the entire world. That is in God's timing. And again, he lets us know some things to look for and say, when you see these things begin to come to pass, look up, your redemption draws near. But he didn't say, hang on, look up, because in 15 days and four hours, he'll show up. No, he didn't say that. So even as born again, spirit-filled, word-filled Christians, we don't know everything. There are some things in life there that are flexible. What I mean by that is they're not set in concrete and uh, such as the time of your death. Some people say, well, the time of your death is coming. There's nothing you can do about it. And that's just not true. There's some things the Bible say we can do to add to our days or detract from our days. God knows when we're going to die. But again, we help set that time period by how we live for the Lord. Uh, the man that was caught 
in the book of 1 Corinthians 5, and uh, he was committing incest with his stepmother. That's weird, but I mean, he was, and the church was putting up with it. And, and my, uh, Paul just told the congregation, the spirit-filled congregation, he said, turn him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Now, God's that was not God's ultimate purpose. He would like for the guy to live his life out, but again, he, he cut down his own life. But on the other hand, it says in the closing of Psalm 91, with long life, he'll satisfy you and then show you his salvation. When you live for God, you can extend your life out there. You can't make it go forever though, but it seems to show there's some flexibility. When it comes to the rapture, we're told in the book of Peter that uh, he told us, he said, there's certain things we can do. He says, we delay the coming of the Lord or we can increase the coming of the Lord. And he's simply saying that even that's not set in concrete, but Jesus doesn't even know the day or the hour of his coming for the church. And then once that happens, he will know when he's coming to establish his kingdom kingdom on this earth. So what do we not know? Well, we don't know, first of all, what's going to happen tomorrow. James chapter four and verse 14, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. That's why he told them to pray. If you knew everything was going to happen tomorrow, you'd have no prayer life. You'd basically have no faith life if you knew what was going to happen tomorrow. And you'd be the richest dudes in the world because you could figure out what the, when a stock's going to go up and you could invest in that and get a lot of money. And that's basically who he was talking to. James was talking in chapter four to business people who prayed so fervently over opening their business. And they, they came and talked to, to Pastor James a lot about that. And then once the first one got going, they got cocky about it. And they said, well, we'll go and we'll set up another. We'll go down here and make a franchise in some other city. He said, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So quit getting all your information from the Wall Street Journal. Get it from the Word of God and from prayer. Stay before God in prayer for the leading of the Holy Spirit because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but the Holy Spirit does. Second of all, we don't know how to pray every single time. Romans 8, 26, we do not know for what to pray as we ought. In other words, it seemed like we should know how to pray, but we don't always know how to pray. And that is the gorgeousness of it in Romans chapter eight about praying in the spirit. Man, praying in the spirit because he knows what's gonna happen and he can divulge some information to you for leading and guiding, but he's not gonna show you exactly what's going to happen. Genesis chapter 27 and verse two, again, we don't know the exact time of our death. And here, Abram said, I am old and I do not know the day of my death. So we have in those scriptures that again, we have, we don't know exactly when we're gonna die. And like I said, it is flexible, but you know what? If you knew exactly when you're gonna die, how would that affect you today? I mean, there'd be some fear coming. You would, listen, if you knew you're gonna die one year from now on the exact date when you're gonna die, what would you do for that time period? You wouldn't do anything. I mean, you wouldn't venture into anything that's gonna have any long-term consequences. You would look for everything for as short as time as possible. And then a week, two weeks before that thing came out, you'd be, I mean, you wouldn't even be worth anything. Nobody could talk to you because you're so fearful of that day coming up. Or on the other hand, you just laid aside everything else and sat down waiting for that day to come. So again, that comes to the time of your death. Number four is you don't know how to proceed in every situation. Solomon ran into this, and this was part of his prayer as he was dedicating the kingdom. In 1 Kings 3, 7, he said, I don't know how to come in and I don't know how to go out. So he simply said here, I need you for guidance. I need you to know what to do. I know how to stand up and walk into a room. I know how to make a decision, but you know what? I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. Next of all, number five, we don't know the day of the coming of Jesus Christ. Matthew 24 and verse 42, Jesus said to his disciples, you do not know what hour your Lord will come. 
Acts 1-7. And this is the last one I'll bring up before we go to other things. Next of all, there's the timing of end time events. Again, I told you the scripture, Acts 1-7, where Jesus said, you know the times or the seasons which are in my Father's authority. So we need to understand, again, those things are given in the word of God. God knows it. But again, he simply shows the signs of the end. He says, we see these things begin to come to pass, but he doesn't tell us exact days or exact hours. I remember not too long ago, in my life, it wasn't too long ago, 88 Reasons Why Jesus Was Coming Back in 1988. I mean, that book was a bestseller. People were looking at it. It sounded good. It had scripture in it. But I mean, what a catchy title. I'm sure the guy must have worked to find 88 reasons why it would come in 88. But the thing of it was is so many people believe that book that about, you know, a few weeks before that date arrived, what they did was they went out and ran their credit cards up real high and thinking, I'll buy a ton of stuff and not have to pay for it. I'll be taken out of here. And they were stuck after it was over. I simply come back to this. If Jesus doesn't know the day or the hour, how can these people figure the thing out? So we don't know the exact timing of end times, but we do know generalities. We know seasons around this. Yeah, but you might say this, doesn't the word tell us the Holy Spirit will show us things to come? Absolutely, it says that. But notice this, it doesn't say the Holy Spirit will show you everything to come, just certain things that affect you and certain things that affect you. But he's not gonna tell you what's gonna happen to them over here. This is very specific guidance for you in certain situations. He will show you things to come. Second of all, but isn't one of the gifts of the Spirit a word of knowledge? It isn't a gift of knowledge, it's a word or a piece of God's infinite knowledge, not all knowledge. There's no such thing as the gift of knowledge. No, that you need to study to show yourself approved unto God. But this knowledge he's showing you is something specific about to happen in your life. Again, but doesn't affect the guy down here. If you had the gift of knowledge, you know everything in every country of every person, of every circumstance that was going to happen. There is no such thing as the gift of knowledge. Only God has all knowledge. You don't. So again, it comes down to this, that God knows everything. He's the only one that's omniscient, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So he gives you a piece of his knowledge. There's no such thing as the gift of knowledge. If we knew everything, I ask you this, where would the walk of faith be? You'd need no faith. Faith says I'm walking into a situation I don't know, but I have the scriptures to stand on. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. I'm about to walk into a situation right here, but the peace of God, the faith of God is with me. And even if I walk into the valley of the shadow of death, he's with me. So you have those scriptures, you know, I've been fully aware of many problems facing me because the Holy Spirit alerted me ahead of time. But I can honestly tell you, that's about five times, maybe six or seven, if I stopped to really think back on them when the Lord alerted me about something that was about to happen in my life, good and bad. I mean, I've been alerted to some bad things were gonna happen in my life. But again, it comes back to it. That's what the Lord was showing me at that time. But it doesn't happen every day because then again, where would the walk of faith be? Most of the time, and I'd say probably 98% of the time, I was unaware of what I was walking into. I ended up being surprised, but God is never surprised. God's omniscient. He knows what I'm gonna walk into. But the point of it is, if I do know what I'm walking into or I don't know what I'm walking to, I might get down, but I'm gonna get back up. I might be surprised, but God is never surprised. He's omniscient. He already has a plan for me. In fact, he had the plan figured out before the problem ever came along. Just like with Lucifer when he fell. Again, when Lucifer fell, God didn't scramble to make up some kind of plan. No, the plan was already in motion. 
And whenever Adam and Eve fell, I mean, God didn't look at Jesus and say, what the heck are we going to do? No, he knew exactly what he was going to do. He had a plan. And when any situation comes into your life, there's no temptation coming to you that God hasn't already made a way of escape. So I can walk into a problem knowing the way of escape was there before the problem ever came along because God was here long before the problem came along and made plans before the situation even erupted. So it comes back to this. We don't know everything. We can't know everything. And we shouldn't know everything because if you show someone their future, they have no future. This is exactly what the Lord is trying to tell you. I don't want you to know everything about your future. You'd have no future. In fact, the word future simply means I don't know. There's like this block in front of me. I can see right now in front of me. I can look at a rearview mirror and see what's behind me. But as far as everything coming ahead for me, I don't know everything. I don't know what's coming up around the next turn. I don't know what's going to happen in this city. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But you know what? Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand. But I know who holds the future and I know who holds my hand. So we'll see you when we come back from the break. We'll be talking more about this. And again, I want to thank you, those of you who are watching, maybe for the first time, welcome. And to all of you who have watched me many, many times, welcome back again. See you right after the break. As we travel through life, many Christians can become sidetracked from a walk of simple faith in God and begin complicating their faith by engaging in legalistic works of the flesh all the while thinking that they are in faith. Then when things begin to go wrong, they wonder, what has happened to my faith? Am I missing something? In this series, Pastor Bob Yandian encourages believers to continue in the simple daily progression of faith. Five audio messages include, Hindsight is 2020. It's time to grow up. Learning through suffering. Don't Complicate Your Miracle, and Faith's Destination. To order The Walk of Faith, visit our website at bobbyendian.com. I've been waiting on this book, Theology Simplified. This is a class I teach at Karis Bible College, and it's my favorite class. I think the students' favorite class is there. And I've been waiting to put this into a book. It's eight different theological terms that sound difficult, but actually are very simple. I just simply think the Bible sometimes is filled with complicated sounding words, but you break it down, it becomes very simple. This book is called Theology Simplified. Let me tell you what all it covers. It covers predestination. It covers reconciliation and sanctification. It covers glorification, justification. Redemption, propitiation, and election are all covered in this book. And again, big words with simple meanings. I'll bring it down to you. When I used to pastor at the church, I would even tell, I'd say, housewives, you that are listening out there today in the congregation, this is designed for you too. The Word of God is not difficult. Go to my website, bobbyandian.com. You'll find how you can have a copy for yourself. Blessings upon blessings to you. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership.
Welcome back. I first of all want to welcome back all of you again, like I said at the closing of the first half, that uh, we're glad that you're here. And uh, if, you've, if you're just brand new to the broadcast, I trust you're enjoying it. Trust you're learning something to those who have been around for a long time. Welcome back. But especially, I welcome back those that are my partners. Those who have listened and gone, man, I like this guy. There's something about him. Uh, the way he talks, he communicates with me, resonates with me. Again, there's certain people that are attracted to certain ministries, certain ministries attracted to certain people. That's why we have so many churches in a town, all right? If one guy was for everybody, then again, he'd have the only church in town and be packed, but that's not the thing, is different people, again, recognize things in certain ministers, and there are those who recognize something in me. There's a similarity there, and if that connection of the heart is there, then I simply ask you, take the next step and become a connector with me in partnership with me. That's not only prayer and saying, I like Bob and I really enjoy the stuff that I'm learning from him. It means I want to give of my income. I want to give my life to him. Your money is your life. You work for that. Put your own blood, sweat, guts, effort, and tears into it. And then you they you receive money from them. And taking part of that and giving it to the gospel simply means I'm putting my life into this gospel. I'm putting my life on the table when I put food on it. I put my life into my kids when I pay for their education, my life into this house because I'm paying a bill. But you know what? None of those things are eternal. Only what you sow is eternal. He gives seed to the sower and he multiplies your seed sown, not your seed kept, not what you eat. No, he multiplies your seed sown, but you don't give for the sowing of it. You give because you love. You know what I want people to do in this ministry? Give because you love this ministry. You love me, but most of all, you love God and people. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, but love your neighbor as much as you do yourself. In that essence, I want you to become a partner with me. And let's put some eternal things out there. Let's see people saved and, and discipled and all these things. New ministers rise up because that's really what I'm dedicated to. Love to teach young ministerial students the things of God. So go to my website, bobyandian.com, if you are not a partner with me. And on the face page, you'll find a place there where you can become a partner with me. Looking forward to it. Now, again, we've been teaching on the fact we don't know everything's going to happen tomorrow, but here's the good news. God is not and never has been taken by surprise. I may not know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I do know it's going to turn out all right. He's promised me and promised me the storms are temporary, but the sunlight on the other side of it is eternal, that the clouds may cover the sun, but they cannot eradicate the sun and the clouds may for momentarily cloud my view of God, but God's always there. And if I wait long enough, those clouds will part in my deliverance will come. God's promises and grace are always sufficient. Every day grows brighter. We're told that in the word of God. I also know that whatever storm I'm in, I will make it to the other side because Jesus promised we will go to the other side. So if a storm breaks out between here and there, a storm is not stronger than the promise I am standing on. And even if I only have one promise to stand on, one promise is enough. Peter didn't step out of that boat and walk on water. I know your Bible says that, but he didn't. Jesus said, come. Peter walked on one word, come. If all you have is a word from God, then step out on it and God will preserve you. Unless God has told you specifically what's gonna happen across our nation, across this world, even by the end of this year, you don't know for sure. Even if he told you specifically, you don't know how it's gonna come to pass. Sometimes he gives you a word and you know that's gonna come to pass, but you don't know how. You just have to walk in faith before God. We not only want to know what's going to happen tomorrow, we want to know how it's going to happen, every intricate detail. And God is not in that business. He takes care of the details. He simply asks you to flow with life. 
So what I do know is this. I do know the righteous will not be forsaken or his seed out begging bread. I know the government may say what's coming. I know that there are people out there predicting gloom and doom for our country, but you know what? God hasn't lost the recipe for manna. If it comes down to I have no food, God knows how to take care of me. He said he takes care of flowers. He said he takes care of birds that fly through the air. I do not know what's gonna happen with the gates of hell tomorrow, but I do know this, they won't prevail against me or the church. I also know the gospel will be preached. I know that people will find Jesus as Lord and Savior. No matter what happens with Satan himself, all the demons or governments or leaders of governments and everything they're taking control over today, I do know this, that signs and wonders will continue to happen. People will receive Jesus as Lord and Savior in the greatest time of evangelism and the greatest time of revival the world has ever seen is on the horizon right now. Although at times... It looks like Satan is winning and the church is losing. Satan is temporary and the church is eternal. I know what the end of Satan's gonna be and I do know that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. I know that. So right now it may look like we're temporarily losing a battle, but we do not lose the war. God is the one who will see to it that we come through it. The victories of a loser are temporary, but so are the losses of a winner. That's the good news, isn't it? Oh, you say, I know you say, what you're saying is, I wish you'd say that again. Okay, I'll say that again. The victories of a loser are temporary, but so are the losses of a winner. No matter what conditions look like in your church, you cannot continue to seek God, preach the word, and keep your trust in him and go under. I'm saying this to ministers, but I'm also saying it to church leaders. If the church looks like there's terrible problems coming into it, of course, wait on God. Do what you know you're supposed to do. Look for some legal help or whatever you need. But in the meantime, do not put your trust in legal help. Do not put your trust in your own thinking. Put your trust in the word of God. Did God place you in that church, pastor? It simply comes back to this. You won't be removed until it's God's time for you to step down. Your time of reaping, due season will come. No man promised it, God promised it. Your answers are not complicated. So which quit complicating every situation by your own ideas and what you think God ought to be doing. Here's some simple things you can do to ensure victory. Number one, continue faithfully to study God's word. This is what your foundation is. This is where faith stands. Faith stands on the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but then turns around and that faith that's produced by the word stands on the word. This should not just be for teaching. This should not just be for the class you might teach or a cell group you might teach or a few people at the office that you might have a luncheon with and you teach the word of God. No, it's for your own personal growth and knowledge of God. This is why you study the word. When you become consistent, you have a foundation. You can teach that and spread that to other people. Number two is maintain a constant prayer life. Your fellowship and communion with God help you to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit when he guides. And most important in this area is praying in the spirit. That's praying in tongues. Why? Because it's something that God will give to you and God will bless you in the meantime. Number three is this, keep a life of thanksgiving and praise. God wants us to give praise and thanksgiving in every single situation. And you have heard this before, but praise is the highest form of faith. It gives thanks to God for what we do not see yet and God is about to do. Number four, never stop giving into the gospel and into God's kingdom. Seeds sown in faith and love always come back. God wants us to give into every good work. Be consistent to attend good meetings with good ministers that help you stay on the right path. I'm talking about, listen, not only just going to good meetings, but good books, 
good CDs, good flash drives, good lessons, things you can plug in your car. I have found this as far as traveling is concerned. I can listen to classic rock and I like classic rock. I can listen to country music, but I never do because I'm not a country fan. I can also listen to the news and that thing will grab hold of you and you'll start to hang on every word. And literally it changes tomorrow. It changes next week. The things you're afraid about today sometimes don't come to pass. Sometimes they do come to pass, but the point of it is they keep coming up with new things and they have to make it sensational. What I have found that is a blessing is to listen to the word of God while I drive. As I'm going down the highway to listen to the word of God, times that normally I just want to blank out my brain and not have to think about anything to fill that with the word of God is important. So there's also other times. How often do you watch TV? There's nothing wrong with watching TV or getting caught up in a good series on television. The point of it is there comes a time to turn the thing off and get back in the Word of God. If you have to have three meals a day, and you don't have to, but if you think you should, well, think about this. How often do you eat the, the promises of God? How often do you have a good meal served to you of a good teaching? Well, maybe once or twice a week, you couldn't physically live on once or twice a week to eat. What makes you think you can live spiritually? The Bible says that his word is more important to you than your necessary food. This is what Job told us. And listen, if it comes from Job, wow. I mean, because Job had some difficult times, but came back to this thing. The word of God is the most important thing of life. What did Jesus tell? Brand new converts in John chapter eight. He says, now, if you'll continue in my word, they just got saved. He says, now, if you'll continue in my word, then you might be my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. There's a freedom that comes with the new birth. The moment you receive Jesus, the Bible says that therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So there is a peace that comes on us at that time, but also there's a peace of God that comes on us as we continue to study God's word. Word. He said, you'll know the truth, the truth will make you free. There's a freedom that comes when we receive Jesus, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. But there's also a freedom that comes into our life daily, and that is to look at every situation of life and know this, I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. My, my redemption, as far as this situation is concerned, may not come tomorrow or the next day, but I do know this, I will outlast it because the God in me outlasts it. I will stand on the word of God and I'm simply telling you, Lord, if it takes 10 years on 10 years and one day before the 10 years is up, I will still be saying my God's word is true. It cannot go under. I have a never changing foundation under me and I will stand on it and God will bring me through. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. And, and even David pointed out so often, he says, I put my trust in the Lord, he brought me through. He's my ever, ever companion. He's that shepherd that stands beside me and I will fear no evil. He sets a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So even if Satan's all around me, I'm just gonna eat a meal in front of him, enjoy a good pizza and tell him how good it is, drink my Pepsi and tell him how good it is. In front of him, I'm going to tell him my God is good, always has and always will deliver me. So again, we come back to it. There's things in life you don't know. But you know what? Be glad for what you do know and understand this. What you don't know, God will take care of it. Leave it in his hands. God will take care of you. You know why? Because he cares for you like a father cares for a child. And as that child is growing up, many things they don't understand about life, but they always say this, daddy will take care of it. That's the way God is with me. He's going to take care of it. I've been born by him. I've been raised by him, his words ever inside of me, and he will constantly take care of me. So it is with you. 
Why don't you take that situation that you're going through right now that has scared you and you seem like you have no faith or trust in God and make a choice. I will trust in God. I will stand on his word and even find two or three promises to stand on and say, these are more real than the situation I'm going through. These are the foundation I'm standing on. And when the situation is over, I still will be standing with my faith and trust in God. Thank you for tuning in today. We'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.